What is up? You. Welcome back. It's been a long time. (laughs) It's been a long time. Long time coming. So, uh, kind of. We're well. We're live. That's yeah. that's, That's something, at least. Yes, we are live. Uh, this is episode 59 of the Unuseful Idiots. I feel like Rip Van Winkle. I must have been asleep for the past number of years. I mean, I kind of wish I was taking a long nap right now. But, um, wow, 59 already. Congratulations to you, Tori. And maybe a little bit to me for at least being around for the first few <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, it was, this is sort of a revamping, if you will, of what this podcast, I think the what I had envisioned for the podcast is sort of what it will become now. It hmm. sort of got it. It sort of got out of hand, I guess. Not out of hand, but a little more political than I had envisioned to start out because, you know, there was just so much political stuff going on that it was hard to stay away from it. Sure. I mean, there still is, but... We uh, we'll do our best, right? Yeah, I, wanna, I mean, we'll still things will still there will still be politics involved because politics is involved in everything, but we're not gonna like necessarily talk about Trump or anything. Like, that's All not right. going to be. <laughs> but, I mean, you could, you'll could you see as our uh, main topic gets talked about by what I mean a little. But, so, we are going to start out. First of all, I see that there are two people. Hey, Lisa, what's up? Lisa's from the Bronx. So, right, represent. So, I see we do have a couple of people in here. So, unfortunately, well, fortunately, unfortunately, it's a a mixed, uh, mixed feelings. Yeah. Well, so. Every episode, we're going to start out with a shit on Twitter segment. So, no. There's a lot of shit on Twitter. So, so actually, since this is a new segment, a new, like, like an old, a new old podcast. Why don't you just introduce yourself briefly? Me? Yeah, you. 
You introduce yourself briefly. Everyone knows who I am. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> uh, I'm Noah Fleiss. I uh, was a child actor based out of New York, born and raised just outside of the city. Uh, I've spent the last 15 years of my life in and around the city, uh, well, around the city, I should say, um, most recently in the Bronx. Um, I still do a little acting here and there, but uh, I also um, have explored other ventures. Um, and uh, Tori and I have been friends for pretty much our entire lives, which is almost 40 years. No. Well, oh, my God. I can't believe it's, yeah, 30, 36 years on my end. Uh, right, Tori? You're going to be 35 this year, right? I turned 35 two weeks ago. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I also um, – I'm also sort of, I guess, what, what you would say, an advocate for uh, drug and alcohol, um, substance abuse, rehabilitation. Um, so that's sort of what ties us together. Aside from our friendship is that, you know, we've had sort of, uh, you know, difficult times in the past that we've sort of uh, marched through and are here to talk about it. Um and so I think that gives us an opportunity to offer, you know, some other perspectives um, based off of Tori's history and my history. Um, not the not the acting part. <laughs> that just makes me a, a weirdo. But um, but yeah. So and so that's that's why I'm, I think I'm here, right? And also, you like talking to me, and I like talking to you, and. We have a lot of fun talking to each other, and I think people might enjoy listening to our conversations and now watching them too. Maybe I'm wearing yeah. my prison garb. This is my uh, like 1920s prison garb because we're all stuck inside, unfortunately. Um, okay. <laughs> all right. So enough about you. Let's talk about me. No. Um, <laughs> Should we go into our should we go into our first uh, segment here? Yeah, so uh, I was going to say before I decided that Noah should introduce himself. <laughs> I was going to say that our first sort of segment to kick off the show every episode is going to be shit on Twitter. Lots and lots of shit on Twitter. Noah is sort of the shit extractor, if you will. So yeah, at least for this week, I've I've extracted some shit. Um, I've I've pulled some shit out, and uh, it's a dirty job. Let me tell you, Mike Rowe, he's 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 my mentor. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's been a lot of crazy stuff going on um, lately, uh, first of which is, I don't know if you saw this, but it came out of Israel. The Israeli, the former head of security for the Israeli Space Force, am I saying that right? No. Um, 
give me one second. Well, anyway, so there's been some there's been some recent uh, activity in the realm of you know aliens, um, and so there's the debate is continuing. Um, and so I think it's the former head of the Israel space program, actually. And um, there, a few weeks ago, the Jewish press released this article where he was interviewed and people, you know, they, they, he might be crazy, but um, he doesn't sound it. He sounds pretty lucid. Um, and he's talking about how his name is Professor Haim Ashed. Um, and he served almost uh, 30 years in the, the, as the head of the Israeli space, uh, space program. He was the head of the security. Um, uh, he was head of Israel, Israel's security space program. Well, now that I'm rereading that, I'm like, man, maybe that's not so important. I don't, I don't know. Um, but he did receive the Israel Security Award three times uh, and twice for technological invention. So, I mean... You know, the guy's probably at least at, was at one point really intelligent and he's pretty old. I think he's in his 80s. But so there's a chance his mind might be going. But like I said, in the, throughout the interview, he does make some pretty interesting points, one of which is that he's like, look, I've already received all my accolades. I have no reason to lie. I'm not looking for attention. Um, but aliens are real. There's something called the Galactic Federation. And. You know, he starts getting a little political as to why or when that information could be released on their scale um, or or not. And um, so, yeah, it's just pretty interesting. And then between all <laughs> with with the, those weird uh, monoliths that were popping up and all the craziness in the world, I think people started eating it up um, as as I did, as did I, because um, I'm definitely into that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, so it's just sort of interesting because uh, nobody really has any answers. People just sort of give their opinions about whether or not they believe in extraterrestrial life, um, which I certainly do. There's no reason why I shouldn't. Just like for someone, I guess, could say there's no reason why they should. So the jury's out. But um, so that's one thing that I think is pretty interesting. If you'd like to comment. Well, I mean, we know, I think it's pretty common knowledge that the universe is infinite. That the universe keeps expanding and, uh, you know. So I think knowing that, I think it would be pretty naive to say that there is no life out there. You know, whether that's big green guys or, you know, there, there's some life. What right. That it, might just, it might not be something we may not understand the kind of life it is yet. It may not look or right. act like us. But um, but, yeah, some some form of life may exist probably does exist i would say definitely i mean they've already you know they, they've they've discovered um organisms single cell organisms in the ice in different um you know in different planetary structures that yeah. exist out there so it's not a question of 
if there is life beyond Earth, there is life that exists, even it, life that we would recognize. What, what, right, it's what kind of life is there? Right, how advanced, it, how intelligent is it? Right. And the thing yeah. is, the thing, the, the reason, in my opinion, why it becomes such a heated and weighted discussion and why it, it's not completely released is because chaos would ensue, at least at first, if extraterrestrials were, you know, if, if it was proven that there were there was intelligent life beyond our solar system, because that would then, that would then bring the reality to light that we're not the, we're not, we're not the tough guys we think we are, us humans, you know, we're, there's, there may be something that's bigger and better than us, which puts our security, it puts our economies, it puts our political structures, it puts our science, it puts our religions all on the table. So it's uh, it could be really earth shattering, pun or no pun intended. Uh, but I'm still I still believe that if that you know look if if they were trying to, if there is a life and they were trying to hurt us in some way or take advantage we. They probably, I mean, maybe they are, we just don't know on a more wide scale, but I think there's, I think there, if there is intelligent life, it's probably good intelligent life. Maybe there's bad intelligent life too, but I definitely think there is a good ET out there. Maybe I've seen that movie. Yeah. I, I mean, Elliot, Elliot. Sorry. <laughs> I think it's probably a little of both. It's probably, uh, you know, just like there are good people on Earth and bad people on Earth. You know, it's the same kind of thing. There's probably, uh, you know, even I'm sure it's the same, relatively the same where not everyone is good and not everyone's bad, but you know, the same. Yeah. Well, here, here's here's one good human, and this is a nice little segue into the next thing. Um, unless anybody has any comments they'd like to make, but um, Guy Fieri or Fieria, <laughs> I've heard his name pronounced Fieri. I'm like, this guy is, doesn't seem like he's like you know, rolling his R's when he says his name. But um, Guy Fieri, the chef. Uh, apparently donated like over $20 million or at least raised that much money for restaurants that were struggling, which I thought was just really cool. You know, um, as a, you know, struggling actor at times, um, I, well, not, I mean, I always needed to supplement income and I needed to make money, not supplement. I needed to make money and then maybe do some acting things here and there. But uh, I was always a big, uh, you know, very active in the service industry, different jobs, most, most often a bartender and, uh, to see like the restaurant industry decimated, um, is really, really, really a shame that more people haven't stepped in to help. Um, you know, I try and eat out as often as I can now, wherever possible. And, you know, I leave a better tip than I probably would normally. Um, just to try and help, you know, uh, whatever we we can do. But I thought that was pretty cool of him. And I think more people should be doing stuff like that to help small businesses during this time. 
Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think this is too many people are talking about when is the government going to step in and hand out stimulus checks. But I think what it should be is why are we reliant on the government to do this? You know, because because at the end of the day, the government is just reallocating our money. That's what it is. You know, it's the government reallocating tax dollars to help out businesses. And why should I trust the government to do that more than me? You know, I think let, um, me, let me support the businesses that I want to support or the charities that I want to support. Tori, you're, uh, you might, you might want to go like this. Your libertarianism is showing. No, I'm just <laughs> but, but yeah, like why, why should I, uh, you know, if I want to, there, there are, There are a lot of people right now on Twitter and on YouTube who are all about giving money to people and helping people out. Let's create, instead of doing it through the government, let's just create individual funds to help. You know, I don't I don't know what that would look like necessarily because I'm not in the position to do that. But you know, why can't people set up funds to help out small businesses and have those small businesses apply for a loan? or a grant or whatever you know it seems well, I think, like I mean, at the end of the day i think it's just uh you know it's it's tough right because we 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 take the fact that we live in a sophisticated functioning society that is the way it is because of you know structured government and rules and regulations that allow us to, you know, have a house, apartment, go to the supermarket, breathe air, have drink water, go to the bathroom, you know. So these are all things that, you know, are not guarantees that we have. We do have access to and we're grateful for, at least I am. But then beyond that, it's like how much more control and in- interference or assistance do we want to allow the government to have and so yeah it's definitely a conversation um that that could be had as to you know where else money can come from um but uh you know it's it's look at the end of the day it's just nice that there are big you know people that are 
that 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 don't necessarily ah. have to give, but they are, and more people should follow suit. You know, so. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's all about, you know, if someone, you know, there is the guy, uh, Bill Pult on Twitter, who is always asking people, you know, who needs money for groceries. I was like, I'll, I'll follow this guy. Sure. (laughs) Like, you know, so I don't know how he vets to see if it's real people or if he just doesn't care, if he just trusts that people are real. And but there could easily are real, Tori. People are real. Yeah, but he could easily like get a group of people together and have a foundation where people can apply on a larger scale, be like, you know, I've been out of a job for the past nine months due to COVID. Oh, sorry, you're there. Okay, good. And I need uh, some help, you know, apply like, you know, I need some help here. Somebody help me. Whatever. I don't know. More will be revealed, as they say. Um, All right. Should we? uh, I mean, I could keep going, but maybe we should start talking about what we came here to talk about. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this topic, this big topic, having. The announcement was a couple of weeks ago, but I think this is such a huge, so many layers to this topic that, you know, it's not just one thing, but basically Time Warner Warner Brothers, AT&T announced that all their all Time Warner movies, all Warner Brothers movies that are coming out in 2021 will be released directly on HBO Max at the same time as the movie theaters. Starting with Wonder Woman 84, which comes out on Christmas Day. And, uh, you know, this is, this is huge. I mean. Why? Why is it so big? I mean, who cares? Well. That was going to be a Trump impression, yes, but it wasn't. (laughs) I mean, it's just, we've never seen this before. We've never seen a major studio say, uh, we're going to stream all our movies out of the gate. And, uh, you know. 
Well, I think I think what they're not, I think, and that also they're not charging extra for the movies. Well, but why would they have to? You're already paying. Well, you know, you're already paying well, a subscription fee. Right, but what what like what uh, Disney did with Mulan? They uh, they put it on Disney Plus, but if you wanted to watch the movie within the first 30 days, you had to pay $30 to watch the movie. I, 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 I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Right. So, well, that, that sort of to make up. Wait, 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 wait. Let me consent. allow me to process this. You mean to tell me that you pay a subscription fee and then on top of it, you're going to pay $30 to watch a movie? Well, well, think about it this way. I understand. You don't got to explain it. You go movie. to the movies with three people, it's going to be $40 anyway. Right. I get that. So, but that just seems like people were actually doing that. <laughs> Some people are. Wow, I mean, I, I get. I, mean, I wouldn't. Anything that be anything that sticks around long enough becomes the norm. So, if 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 this continues, if they really do this and this sticks sticks around for six months to a year, people soon people will forget that people were even going to the movie theaters. I mean, you know, nowadays big TVs are affordable, and if you think about it, you know where most people sit in the theater is somewhat far back. I mean, very few people sit right in the front few rows where it's like, you know, you, you could go to a normal size screen and still feel like if you're in an IMAX theater, you know, so most people sit somewhere in the middle to the back and that viewpoint to the. Yeah. 75 screen TV in your house, which are now fairly affordable and, most people do have pretty big TVs. You turn the lights off, you make some popcorn, you sit back. It's sort of the same, in my opinion. I mean, it, there is still well, active going out, but I'm just saying in terms of, first of all, in terms of a time of releasing this sort of platform, what better time? Uh, and two, you know, movie sales were, theater sales were already struggling. So, Maybe it's time to just make the power switch, you know, and that can just go the way of the buffalo. And well, so so this is this, I guess, leads us into sort of the comments that Denis Villeneuve made about this move. So Denis Villeneuve is the director of Dune which is coming out uh, at the end of 2021. Dune. Hey, how you doing? Well, how am I doing? How you doing? That's the name of the movie, right? What, it's about a bunch of New Yorkers? <laughs> Fucking Dune. How you doing? Uh, Sorry. <laughs> okay. So, he basically, he's... 
he made, uh, he produced, or he directed Dune, which no. is coming out in, uh, uh, I think, October of next, of 2021. And his comments were, there is absolutely no love for cinema, nor the audience, nor for the audience here. It is all about the survival of a telecom mammoth, one that is currently bearing an astronomical debt of more than $150 billion. Therefore, even though Dune is about cinema and audiences, AT&T is about its own survival on Wall Street. With HBO Max's launch a failure thus far, AT&T decided to sacrifice Warner Brothers' entire 2021 slate in a desperate attempt to grab the audience's attention. Well, somebody shut that dog up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So, uh, I don't, I think he's, I think he's sort of short-sighted on this. I don't, you know, looking at, he's sort of looking at it from just a movie perspective. Well, right. He's not the director. It's his baby. Right. But he's not, you know, first of all, I have no idea if HBO Max is failing or whatever, but if you uh, have HBO through a cable subscription, you have HBO Max. Okay. So uh, I don't think you can really say whether it's failing or not because it's not... It's not the same thing like Disney Plus or Netflix or where everyone is a new subscriber. You know, HBO Max, people have it already. People that... I haven't seen any numbers about... And HBO Max is still relatively new. So uh, there really hasn't been time for new movies. For There aren't a lot of originals on there that are driving people to the streaming platform yet. Wasn't HBO Max, like, uh, they... Didn't like earlier this year they ban uh, Gone with the Wind. Is that the, uh, the the streaming platform that did that? Do you remember? Uh, I don't know. Not coming to you. Um, I don't remember if that was HBO. Well, when did Max. they launch? They, they launched what a year ago? About they launched like in March, I think. 
Oh, this this year. So it's yeah, it's pretty yeah. right. How could you even dis- determine its success yet? I mean, I guess when you compare it to other new streaming platforms like uh, uh, like what you just said, um, Disney Plus. You got Apple TV. I, I don't even know. I don't know one person that watches anything on Apple TV. Personally. I don't either. No one does. No. I think Apple I TV. No Apple TV to me is just. I mean, it's they had. I don't think they care if it succeeds or not. They, I don't think it. Uh, yeah, they had. Well, they invested a lot of money. They did have that oh, yeah, one. They had a. They have a couple of shows on there. They had the show, uh, the morning show, the one with right. uh, Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell, Reese right. Witherspoon, and then they had like uh, the First Man or something about the astronaut. Yeah, Ryan. That wasn't Ryan Gosling, was it? It was. Yeah, someone. Um, what, and then, and then they had Quibi, right? And that was a fit, that pretty much failed, right? Nobody's watching Quib, Quick Bites, Quibi. Do you know yeah, I don't, I, I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. And then they have, I, there is, then there, there's Peacock, which is NBC's thing right. that, but I don't think that's going to last. Dun, dun. Sorry. Because, I mean, I don't know. It's just there, there needs to be it's, things are going to expand. The number of streaming, form, streaming platforms is going to expand. And then uh, they're all going to start to consolidate. And then you'll be able to pick your three that you want. And, yeah, and then it'll go from there. But like I was saying, people who have uh, HBO through their cable already have HBO Max. Right. There's, I understand what so, you're saying. There's no real way to, to, to assess how, right. how well they're so, really doing because a lot of people still have cable. I don't. I pay for everything individually. I use Sling TV. I think it just makes the most sense. Thirty bucks a month, I get all the channels that I that I want to watch. And then I I had Showtime for a little while, then I dropped it. I unfortunately have to have Netflix just because it is what it is. They have out of their zillion shows that nobody watches, they have a few that everybody watches. Um, and then uh, I did have, like I said, I had Showtime for a while. Showtime's got a lot of great content, but. I don't know. I just was cutting corners. Um, I mean, HBO puts out a lot of. Yeah, I mean, HBO has a lot of really good content that they put but, out. Uh, I mean, yeah, I just I yeah, watch. I, I just uh, watched that documentary. The documentary series, uh, Murder on. Um, Murder on Middle Beach or Beach. Um, that was a fantastic documentary series. That young filmmaker did a wonderful job. 
I had a lot of personal connection to that particular series, um, mini series, I guess you would call it. Um, but it was, uh, yeah. And I, you know, so I had, you know, but that's the other thing too, is that with a lot of the, you know, it's people use other people's logins, you know, so it's like going to the theater and buying one ticket and staying. Right. Right, and that, that's the other thing. People uh, may have everything out there, but they share it amongst 10 people. And everyone's paying for a different one. Right. So, I mean, it's just... But getting back to the HBO Max and Warner Brothers thing... To me, uh, this move wasn't really about the movies. It was about COVID and the fact that we don't that we don't know when movie theaters are going to reopen at full capacity. Well, it's like, uh, yeah, and, you know, it's like a which came first, the chicken or the egg, you know, was this, were they being opportunists based on the current climate, or is this always the plan that, you know, if something were to happen where everybody well, was no longer going outside, is now the time to release this thing that we were going to do anyway, or are they just being, you know, sort of... Uh, you know, thinking on the spot, like how how how, how we how can we fix this? Oh, I know. Let's just, you know. Well, I I think it was a little of, you know, uh, no one's going to see our movies because no one's going to the movie theaters right now, and it's also I personally. I think for a movie studio to say all our movies for the next year are going to be are going to go straight to streaming was a political statement. Because why do you need to say you know, I mean, look. The no, I'm not looking. I don't my eyes are closed. <laughs> the vaccine's out. Right. Right? The, the yeah. vaccine's... Yeah, whatever. But, what, however you feel, however you feel about the vaccine, the vaccine's out. Right. If the vaccine ends up working in six months, you know, half the country could have the vaccine and be vaccinated and everyone's going about their business. You know, so why, what's the purpose of a movie studio going all our movies for the next year are going to are going to be streaming right away. You know whether that movie is some romantic comedy or a movie like Dune. 
you know, why why do they need to now coming at it from Denis Villeneuve's perspective? Okay, why don't you just go to the studio and say, can we push the movie back to 2022? So it comes out in theater, solely in theaters. Right. You know, if you feel so strongly about it, so strongly that it needs to be seen in theaters, you know, just go to the studio and say that. And this bullshit about the AT&T's $150 billion in debt, every major company is in debt. Every major company in debt. You know, every major company holds debt because they use it as a tax write-off. It's just how business works. Tori, how does business work? Well, let me tell you. See, first of all, no. That's that's one way to lose the three people that are watching this. (laughs) But, But it's not stating that they're doing this because the company's in debt. It's a money grab because the company's in debt and that they're trying to get, you know, the hundred billions. I mean, to make... To the make, hundred billion subscribers. No, I'm just kidding. Well, to make $150 billion off subscriptions is ridiculous. There, right. You don't, that's it not going to happen. No. You know, in one year, that's not going to happen. So, you know, it's, there's just what he's saying is just not, it doesn't add up when you think about it. I understand, yeah, a movie like Dune should be seen on the big screen. And the movie's still going to be funded. I don't understand why we need to watch a bunch of guys from Brooklyn standing around on a big <laughs> screen talking about the fresh mozzarella that they're going to eat. Hey, how you going? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But, like, I love the movie, it's... Italian, by the way, too. My mom's Italian. <laughs> yeah, but so the movie is from Brooklyn. I wish I was yeah. from Brooklyn. My parents birthed me and raised me in the suburbs, so I'm never as cool as they are. <sighs> okay, I'm over it now. Hey, I I know your dad. He's a little crazy. <laughs> Hello? What'd you say? You know my dad what? He's a little crazy. You may not want to be just like him. That's true. My dad's a little <laughs> Brooklyn does that to you, I guess. Anyway. But, yeah. But, it, 
bottom line, look, what what I, if I could extract, if I could distill what you're saying is that, you know, what does this mean for the what is the future of, you know, uh, media? What is the future of entertainment? You know, are we all just going to be cardboard cutouts and arenas? Are we just going to stay home all the time and order in and make our own food or grow our own food in the basement where it's growing and then go upstairs and watch TV and that's it? That's our existence? And that's just the thing. I don't think... I... I think what we were seeing pre-COVID is where we were headed. Not this new, every movie is going to be released on streaming the same time it gets put in theaters. I don't think we're going to see that. What I think is that we're going to see... You know, your rom-coms that most people were saying, oh, I'm going to wait until it comes out on Netflix, or I'm going to wait until it comes out on demand. But people were still going to see the Marvel movies in theaters and the Fast and Furious movies in theaters because they were special effects based. Well, let me ask you this though. What about interactive movies? You know, like video games that are really like movies. Is that going to be more? Are we going to see more of that now that people are home? And if they, if this does take off, and this is sort of the way things go. Uh, because if that's the case, then there's really no turning back because if, if people get more used to interacting, well, they're not going to be able to do that on a big screen, right? Well, I, I think you're going to have – I think it's just going to be multiple things. I think, you know, yeah, you're going to have – I mean, video games have been uh, – moving toward moving towards more and more story based for i don't know how long you know it's gta has been cut scenes since like gta 3 which was what 10 years ago 15 did, years did ago you play gta 1 though GTA 1 was a bird's eye view. Yeah. That was the best. I think that was one of the best video games of all time. It was like you could just drive around. It looked like Tetris, and you were just running <laughs> people over and running from the cops. I thought that – I got to download that game again, actually. That was like – that was – that was I was in the prime. That was the prime of video games, in my opinion. I honestly – you know, it's funny. I uh, Just to digress, I did download – I have a Wii. My wife, Jen, and I like to play Mario Kart in the current generation. We used to like that, you know, on older systems growing up. So we got a Wii for that. And my boss had a Cuphead, this, this game called Cuphead, which is a run and gun, similar to like a Mario Brothers or something. And 
but you're a little cup. And uh, it's really funny, actually. It's kind of like quirky, humorous, quirky and humorous and um, and uh, a little risque and also made to look like a 1920s cartoon. So uh, that was really, really, really fun game I'm getting into right now. But I'm not I don't really play video games too much anymore because most of them, in my opinion, are like there's just it's just too much. You know, games back then were more were a little simpler, but I don't know, maybe maybe the kids, this is all they know. And this not kids, people that gamers, this is all they know now. And but this is what it's evolved to. And they're cool with that. So maybe we as moviegoers and movie buffs fans need to sort of just get with the times because the next generation may never go to may never not even know what a movie theater is. And we yeah. maybe we'll like this better if we just sort of go with the evolution of entertainment. I, what I, I think you're going to always have movie theaters for the big movies, you know, like your Avengers or your Wonder Woman or your Batman or whatever. No, you're. You're always, always going to have those movies come out in the movie theaters. What we may not see is your When Harry Met Sally's or your Sleepless in Seattle or whatever. Tom oh, Hanks. Man, you are such a 90s dude. Well, like, you're an 80s like, baby, but you're a 90s dude. No, that's, uh, man, way to, way to spew out like five well, things. Like, Pop your head. <laughs> like what? I don't know. What's like, like your know, crazy rich Asians? I mean, that doesn't need to be in the, the movie theaters. That's Yo, why, the, why you got to pick the Asian movie though? <laughs> <laughs> but that's a perfectly good movie to sit back and watch on HBO Max. What you're saying is, if it's not a big budget action film or maybe a horror or like, you know, um, seasonal uh, film, a seasonal event, film, right? Like seasonal. an event movie. Event, event movie, exactly. Yes. Then it ain't happening for that. You're right. You're right. I think, yeah, you know, Sundance, yeah, it's, you're not going to see an indie film, indie films on the big screen really, except at festivals. And then, you know, that's who knows what the hell's going to happen with those. But, um, you know, so it's exciting times, you know, and I think, um, that needed to be, uh, yeah, no, I do. That's a good point. That's, that's the other thing too, right? Is that the, we need like in terms of social justice and social issues, um, which platform is more accessible that would then help certain groups of people or hurt them. Yeah. That matter, yes, you know? but, but that's also the way we think now in 10 years, that may not be the way people Another think. valid point. You're right. Right. Like, like to Lisa's point, you know, currently based off of our current understanding of the way we interact with or view entertainment, seeing something on the big screen is a good thing. 
But in 10 years from now, if nobody's going to the theater except for certain events and family occasions, that might be that might be a bad platform for something that should be helping people because maybe nobody's going to go, you know? I'm trying to think well, of an uh, to compare it to. Well, but, okay, so this is point. Asian but women. Print. Oh, here, here's are... a good example. Here's a good example. Like a print magazine, right? Nobody, very few people read print magazines anymore. Right. So if, if you wanted to run an article that was going to support a particular group, it wouldn't be very supportive for them if you said, oh, you know what? I'm going to put you in the our printed magazine for this week. It's a syndicated printed magazine because nobody reads the magazines anymore. If this was 20, 10 years ago and you go to the bookstore, you go to the magazine stand and there's all the magazines there and you're getting an you're getting an issue that's publicized via that that sort of periodical, that sort of medium, that's that's a big deal. But now it's like, eh, it's not such a big deal. So, you know, in that same way, yeah, maybe 10 years from now, movie theaters are going to be like, you know, that's you don't want to wind up there. <laughs> hope, hope your big budget action film doesn't wind up on the big screen. <laughs> you know? Right. But even like, so, yeah. I, but for Asian people, if they want to, it'll just be instead of a movie like Crazy Rich Asians, it'll be, uh, you know, like the um, the Marvel movie that's coming out, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, they've already announced that I don't, I think in a 2022, I think it's coming out. Shang-Chi is going to be coming out. And Shang-Chi is an Asian comic book character. So uh, that's going to be the thing, the role that people, that Asian people are looking up to. And saying, oh, my God, I'm finally represented on the big screen. Well, let's say, I mean, come on, let's say not finally. I mean, that, I don't think no, they need to wait yeah. till then. I mean, Crazy Rich Asians, you had Parasite win the Academy Award, multiple Academy Awards this past year. As yeah. And, um, you know, so it's it's certainly, you know, times are changing. Let's be honest. I mean, and they as they have been for years, you know, for I think it's the argument is that. You know, we are this closed boxed society is starting to lose some of its, um, you know, allure and, and truth because things are changing. You know, I mean, Black Panther was was huge um, right. and, you know, a great success as it should be. You know, Parasite came out this past year was or excuse me, last year. Great film acknowledged as such as it should be. You know, it's taken us as a society, you know, as two, uh, you know, white Jews here are talking about stuff. Um, but, you know, from the outsider looking in, it looks like things are moving in the right direction. Let's just say it that way. Hopefully, you know. Yeah, and, uh, and I think that gets lost on a lot of people is that we've come as a society, we've come a long way. and. Uh, you know, we got, we got more to go. I mean, look, we hate each other, dude. We have to get to a point, and this is you know, this, this maybe ties it all back together to the alien thing. Because the point is, 
that was the point I forgot to mention about the aliens. Uh, they ain't, we ain't ready for them yet because that's what they said, according to that guy who may or may not be crazy. We're not ready for the aliens yet because look, look at us. We hate each other. We hate our fellow humans. How the hell are we going to, what are we going to feel about some new life form? You know, we don't even like our own selves. We don't even like our, our kind. Um, right. and especially recently, I mean, more so than ever, the hatred, hatred for each well, other. So we got to get that, that, you know, we got a long way to go. Right. And that's, that's actually an interesting thing because, you know, if there are uh, aliens out there and uh, there were, and we knew that there was a potential threat out there, would that then bring us as humans together? You know, sort of like what what you saw in uh, Independence Day. Well, that's sort of, that that is a narrative that is used on by both the proponents of extraterrestrial life form and that actually believe there really are extraterrestrials, and the people that don't is that. If there were to be some some interaction, some great event, would it actually be those extraterrestrials coming to visit us? Or would it be sort of this one world government sort of entity that would then create this situation just so that we could all band together? And I think there was even a movie or something like The Watchmen or something was similar um, premise to that. Um who knows? One thing's for sure, though, if there are extraterrestrials, they definitely would have uh, figured out all this streaming service already. You know, that's one way that I'm sure they're <laughs> way more evolved than we are. Um, but it is it is four o'clock. We've been talking for a full hour. This is this is good. We've, we've covered a lot of ground. And yeah, maybe we should leave on a high note here. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, this is, we've talked about, you know, a lot today, and I think we're, it's only uh, our, as far as our main topic goes, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, if maybe, maybe uh, Warner Brothers decides you know, in a couple of months, like, we're not going to go through with this because they see that people are getting the vaccine more and more and restrictions ease up and people are more willing to go. Like, that, that was my point with, like, they didn't really need to say, uh, you know, every movie in 2021 is going to be streaming. They didn't. To me, like, it would have been better to just... Let it happen. Yeah, go movie by movie. Or go yeah. yeah, I agree. I, they kind of go showed their hand there. Month. Like, that, that was my point of, like... I think this was more of a political statement. Right. They're you know, saying... The powers that be. Well, saying like... Saying like everyone should be staying home and uh, 
We're going to give you all the movies. Submitting to them. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Good point. So, but I think they could easily say in June, like, go, oh, well, uh, the vaccine's here, so. Things are better now. We lied. (laughs) Right. You know, uh, and say, like, you know, or say, uh, you know, our plans for these rom-coms are, they're still going to be streaming, but movies like Dune, you know, that's going to be in theaters for a couple of months, and then it'll be on HBO Max. Well, either way, with Trump leaving office, the mainstream media will need some good controversy to talk about. And it sounds like this will be an ongoing discussion and a good point of uh, an interest for reporting. So um, more will be seen. Want to want to give a big and- shout out to Lisa from the Bronx for checking in uh, and, and sticking with us. That was super cool. Yeah, it's it's bounced between two and three viewers, but gotta start somewhere. I don't know if I mean the thing I've noticed is StreamYard's a little wonky sometimes. Like sometimes people will be commenting and yeah, there's yeah. No, there are no viewers. So <laughs> Well we'll see. We'll 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 continue doing this and uh you know, we'll see what happens. I'm actually starting my own. I haven't had a, a Twitter page, so I'm going to hopefully attract more people there. It's at Noah Fleiss, my full name, Noah Fleiss, N-O-A-H-F-L-E-I-S-S. And uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. Tori, it's always a pleasure talking to you, my friend, and hanging out with you. And I'm glad we got to do this today. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, and, uh, this, is, to this is fun. Yeah, this is fun. I think this is a cool, uh, you know, to do this live on YouTube. And I think I know people are going to watch this on the Rewind and listen to it in podcast form. So uh, I think that just the fact that, you know, as more and more episodes come out, we can build up the audience. Yeah, and we'll get some, some watch it live and have more of an interaction. Yep. Because that's one of the things that would be cool is to have more of a conversation with the audience. You've you've said that for a long time, and and I know. Yeah. You're just boring. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it was great getting Lisa's input, but it would be cool to have, like, an audience segment where you could just have, like, a discussion about what the audience is commenting on. Miss Nate Nate.
Thank you so uh, much, Miss Nate Nate from Germany. I uh, like, hope you hit that like button. And uh, what are you, uh, actually what would be interesting is what's it like in Germany right now? Involving movies and that stuff and I mean, are you guys experienced? I know the UK just shut down again. Yeah, it seems like, uh, I think even, was it France or some other European countries? No, no more flying into the UK. Well, the UK shut down because they're, uh, they discovered a new strain. Yeah. COVID. COVID-22, if you will, or oh, COVID-20. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thanks, Miss Nate Nate, for uh, stopping by. Make sure you subscribe so, uh, you know, you get notified when we go live again. And yeah. I don't know if this will be people in germany are so angry about covid it is hard not nice people yeah it's i mean i think you know what we what we're experiencing in the us is not unique well it's funny it's funny that she said that that way because it's the same thing here. I mean, people are angry about COVID. You have people that are angry about COVID who have had some firsthand experience with someone that actually got sick, whether it was themselves or a family member, someone that got sick and maybe died. So those people are very angry, that people that have had that direct interaction with the disease itself. And then you have the other people who may or may not have had some interaction with the disease but who are really angry of what it's caused, which is the sh which are the shutdowns and you know um, just I mean we're talking about it today. Life as we know it is changing right before our very eyes. So those people are very angry too. So it's a good point. Everybody's angry at this thing, you know whether whether you've had some direct connection to it or not. Twenty twenty has caused anger in one way or another. Right, and then, and then you have the people in the middle who understand what's going on and the seriousness of everything, but, you know, they don't agree with the complete shutdown of things. And yeah, you know, I would say that's probably where you and I stand, you know, right in the middle. Right in the middle. We want to make everything. Yeah, and... You know, it's just, it's a hard, I, I don't know how to say it, like, it's a hard balance to find, like, uh, because there are, the fact of the matter is there are a lot of people in this country or in this world, and... You know what you would do, but you don't know what the other guy would do. Well, it's like driving, right? You know, you can be a great driver, 
but you're right. only as good a driver as the people around you. <laughs> so right. So uh, you know, it's really uh, like I know if I'm uh, feeling like I just there was I just heard yesterday about this guy on a United flight who got on the flight and 20 minutes in, they had to do an emergency landing and the guy ended up dying due to COVID. Hmm. So to me, like something doesn't add up there. Like the guy, the guy most likely, most likely the guy knew he had COVID and the airline was negligent in that they didn't do proper testing and whatever proper preparation you know, security about getting, letting people on the plane and whatever. But so, but that's the, that's the thing. Like, how do we do this? You it's know? a balance, man. Like you said, it's, it's so hard to know what the, how to strike that balance. It's, you know, and we can all come, we can all be, you know, Monday morning, Tuesday morning quarterbacks, which is, Monday morning. Yeah, that's the problem. Not a sports guy, so I don't know which. Well, well, today, now it's Tuesday mornings. I mean, there is Monday night football, so All right, it's true. It's back. Sorry, <laughs> I, I got I gotta go. Uh, you know, P.S. But um, look, the bottom line is, you and I can talk for hours. It's great to have human interaction here thank you lisa thank you miss nate nate yeah thanks for uh both of you for stopping by and i don't i think we're gonna try and do this every sunday but you know being that we both kind of have lives kind of you know, maybe not every Sunday, but maybe, uh, you know, it may not be at the same time every week, but we'll try and get one out every week. You Thank know. you so much. This is awesome. I love y'all. So, and we'll announce it before that. And make sure you let people know. And it will be on all major podcast platforms. So if you're, I know a lot of people prefer to listen to their podcasts on their morning commute or when they're taking a dump or whatever. I don't know. But, or as in Miss Nate Nate's example, perhaps. Right before bed, we just we bored her just enough to fall asleep. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, it is like eleven o'clock over there, so or, I don't know, ten. Thank you, dude. We'll see you guys soon. Yeah. So Peace. thanks for stopping by, and uh, yeah, 
we'll uh, see you next time. And uh, like I said, hit the like button, leave a review on podcast platforms if you are willing to go over there. And yeah, just thanks. All right. And bye.